0: walking around with the monster puppet for my film, and we're on, like, the shoreline of this reservoir, and then we're like, yo, the waves are really taking, like, a lot of wind and water and everything, and a police chopper comes around and hovers over us, and like, I'm looking up at the police, looking down at us with this giant stick monster puppet, (laughs) we're not supposed (laughs) to be there at all, and we're just like, you "You know, maybe we should move, and they're just hovering there, like...
1: What's up, and welcome to Los Wise Guys Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eslam, a.k.a. Ra God of the Sun, accompanied by Dan, Papa Sunkiller, accompanied by Disco, a.k.a. Emperor Disco, because you don't want his government name out there. Double wrist thing, always. And then we got his cousin, the award-winning cinematographer, Chris Barcia. Thank you for joining us, Chris.
0: Oh, thank you for having me, man.
1: Yeah, Dan, you want to tell the people some of his accolades? You don't want to do it? Um, you know, he, he won that French one. <laughs> <laughs> the winner of the Indo-French International
2: Film Festival 2021 for Portrait of a Puppet, also for the GONA Film Awards 2021 as well, Best Cinematographer for Portrait of a Puppet, the Special Jury Award for Misdirection, and nominated for the FFTG Awards of 2021, also for Portrait of a Puppet.
1: That's right. So I... I um, disco told us about you uh, a little while ago uh we were like oh that's fucking awesome um we we looked you up i uh i think i don't know if everybody here but watched the the shorts um did everybody watch the shorts okay perfect yeah, yeah I watched, so uh, watched the shorts yeah so awesome. uh I, I i watched um portrait of a puppet and uh a window to my soul or window to the soul yep, yep. that's correct okay um, dude, I have Alzheimer's, so if like I say something wrong, just let me know. Um, all good. Uh, i watched both movies. Uh, both very interesting. Um, uh, dark. Uh, and it, it was just... They had like a theme going on to it. Uh, and it, it dealt with like uh, uh, spirits or whatnot. We'll get into that more a little bit later. But first, we want to lo- know a little bit more about you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into filming.
0: Well, I got into filming a long time ago when I was in college. I'm 30 years old now. And then okay. there's 21 years old me. <laughs> <laughs> 21 younger year old than me. all three of us, but all right. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, I'm out. I can't do this. <laughs> No, yeah, there's 21-year-old me in college, business major, despise it, you know, most of uh, oh, my shit. family, my nice. father's side comes okay. from uh, business, so I thought I would kind of follow in the footsteps, and mm-hmm. I just was so misplaced. The the mathematics in it and everything, the, the things, it just wasn't really my forte, and it yeah. came time econ to... econ must have uh, sucked hard. <laughs> <laughs> hated all of it, <laughs> yeah. all of it, anything just... That's usually one of the hardest... Front, it's like oh one of the God. hardest for business schools, isn't it? Like econ. I didn't even get that far. I just wanted to the oh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, like he was nah. there the first day. I was like, he fuck it, I'm out first day was just like, <laughs> nah. Yeah, the vibe was all kinds of wrong. But uh it came time to switch the major, see what I was gonna do. And I was at Middlesex was Community that, College. Was that hard what? for you?
3: Was that hard for you for like, you know, to like
0: turn your back on <laughs> The family, the family's business, (laughs) the family business. (laughs) Oh yeah, it definitely was because I I had to do something, and what ultimately ended up happening is actually uh, my brother George called me, and he essentially he's older than me. He raised me on '80s movies and a lot of things. I've always had movies a part of my life as just something to do and something I loved, and it's just a part of my daily living and. I saw that they offered a cinematography course and long story short I was like you know what let's just give this a shot and for the first time academically school made sense to me but then I pulled a plot twist I dropped out of school because I couldn't (laughs) afford an actual film school and I was like you know what I ain't going back but I'm going to really give this topic a shot and I started to teach myself filmmaking (laughs) I started researching and just kind of getting my hands dirty with it and then here we are shoot 9 years 10 years later
3: awesome what, uh, what
0: kind of research YouTube, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, YouTube everything there's all kinds of sites the the internet talk about cracking open the internet for knowledge, man, like yeah. I looked into every possible nook and cranny for like, all right, what is this college teaching this school? Where do you find that information? Yeah, what does it mean was this? Why does my cell phone not look like a Hollywood movie, and what makes that <laughs> problem? and I just kept yeah. doing that and over and over, and there's knowledge a lot of trial and error, mean?
1: yeah, um. Well, so how did you like? So when did you get like your first camera, and like what kind of camera? um Are you using like DSLRs, or like are you ha- do you have like actual like video
0: cameras? Yeah, no, I have actually still have my first uh, camera. I started off on a Rebel T3I. It was from Canon. It was just like a little consumer camera, and I started doing videos. But then came that question of when I would finish the video. I was like, this is super cool. I'm happy with it and then I would go watch a movie and be like why does my movie not look like that yeah what is their camera doing that's different than my camera and then I would start to find the limitations Mm -hmm. and actually have it the first and through researching through uh, the first major like indie camera that was kinda like making the market waves and everything was the 5D Mark II which was like a full-frame sensor thing and I still have it up here cuz I started on this camera all dusty and oh, everything, nice. but you could thing, never yeah. get rid of that. It's yeah. like this oh, is yeah. where you started like collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> yeah, and you know she she did a lot of my early work with the full frame sensor, and it's what taught me how like that difference because I significantly just turning it on and looking through the viewfinder, I was able to see what a large sensor does in a camera versus like the little consumer thing, mm-hmm. the the better exposure levels that I could do, and then I get, felt like I actually had control of things. I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I could really start making an image," and, and even back then, because I was it's still very new to it, just that jump to see that those possibilities were there, it fueled me to keep on going. It's like, "How could I master this? What's the step up from this? How do I get that mm-hmm. Hollywood camera? And yeah. where does this mm-hmm. fault like hit the wall?" And it just kept growing from there and there. Now these days, I film on a on a Blackmagic Pocket 4K camera, and I have uh, I specialize in vintage lenses from like the '70s and the '80s. Nice.
1: Also, I d- that okay. it, your 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 movies did look like that a little bit um like they did have that vintage vibe which I thought was just part of the story which mm. it it could be right cuz I think that's how I Forgot uh that's how they shot the Batman they like used vintage um like the the type <clears throat> of camera they used for the Batman was different than like other movies because they wanted a certain mm. look which was like which was like very interesting and like the first time, I thought all that stuff was just like mostly done in post, where they would add like the filters or whatnot. But like they actually like, no, we want this specific camera with this specific lens because this is the look that it's gonna give us. And it was like the first time something like that came well, into my in knowledge, while, you know. So
2: well, every once in a while, a director does that. Tarantino did it though. You, you you in um the Hateful Eight, he brought out the was it eight millimeter. <clears throat> Okay. So oh, he, he wanted brought, to use uh, that format. Uh,
0: that was in the sensor thing. He was doing seventy mm format. That was uh, okay. a dead. Uh, yeah, there was a type of anamorphic um, lens that does a super wide squeeze. And what's yeah. happening is, it's basically when you film it, you kind of like look stretched out. Mm-hmm. And then in post, what they're setting the resolution to will actually stretch the image into widescreen. And then with Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Well, on old, old projectors, when they would do that, there was like a super ultra-wide, almost panoramic uh, format called 70mm, and Tarantino mm-hmm. had brought that back to oh, yeah. for that movie. And you can see it in
2: the movie, especially when he does certain shots. You can see how like you have the entire room, and you see everybody sitting in yeah. there, or even the beginning of the intro.
0: Oh, yeah. I went to watch on when he was doing, because he actually did a road tour of uh, the Hateful Eight, where he was playing nice. it on 70mm projectors. Nice. And that was truly an experience. The screen and having that in its in its natural format was breathtaking. Oh. It, there's nothing like it. Oh, when that's awesome. These, yeah, when these directors pull out their um, their certain little quirks or image things for the story, <coughs> when you watch it in like the format how it's intended, more so than like if you stream it on the computer. We have HD things and our phones are available everywhere, and you know you could pretty much watch any content anywhere. But when you look at it. In that native format on the way that there's an intention to view it there's a certain feeling that it it almost feels like oh this is once in a lifetime type deal like i could only see this and be in this moment and i feel like that just takes that extra step in the immersion of like connecting with you know cinematic audiences and everything going off what you were
1: going off what you were saying about the um like uh, the cameras and like seeing it on how it was filmed and supposed to be um, I know now this is nowhere near as great as like one of Tarantino's films or you know things like that, but uh, you saw the difference between how the original like Justice League when the when the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League came out on like the the, the square um, <clears throat> I, like the four x four. Uh, right? The 4x3 aspect ratio. 4 by 3, aspect, four by three, three yeah, sorry. The 4 by 3 aspect ratio, where in the cinematic trailer, when they. in the cinematic release of uh, the Justice League, when Joss Whedon took over and butchered the movie, um, he made it into widescreen. And then, like, seeing that and then going back to the 4x3 aspect ratio, and, like, seeing the difference of. like, scenes were actually way different from. you know, it's just. and that's just because of the way they decided to, you know. Do the aspect ratio in post which is very interesting how it could change like your perception of of a scene or like the the entire movie pretty much but
0: um yeah it's it's one of those things where you like at least for me because i'm on the technical side Mm -hmm. where like now when i watch a movie i see a lot of the things because i do some of the things does that that ruin it for you (laughs) it's it's (laughs) It's just different because like there's certain stuff i'm like man that shot was amazing, yeah. and then people look at it it's like there's just a dude standing outside. We're like no, but, like, <laughs> the light is hitting them, the exposure, and like yeah, I, yeah, I can yeah. nerd out. It, it's like a different experience for me. So like even though I follow the technicals mm-hmm. of the story, but like the way that they come together, still immerses me in the story and everything, and I could enjoy a movie. But it, it's just a different viewpoint or outlook on it. It's hard for me to kind of turn my brain off. Like and so, I just do I do the
1: same with pull. architecture um mm-hmm. like when i go into like a, a space uh like the first thing i do i'm just looking around i'm looking up i'm looking down i'm looking everywhere and it it, it sometimes ruins a space for me because i'm just like i really hate how this shit's coming together right now like it's really stupid <laughs> how they did this like why the fuck is there a cornice there like like what's what like so but that's also like w- when it comes to that it's very um It's very based on your type of style, your type of preference, right? Because I'm very – my preference in architecture style is very simple, less is more, right? Um, I don't like all that. I don't like too much decorative elements when it comes to, like, the architecture. So does your preferences or, like, your – yeah, your preferences, does that affect the way you would like a movie? or like you were saying before, you just see like the technical aspects and you can appreciate someone else's, um, you know, yeah, style or, you know, Uh, cause like I I will appreciate like the greats style for like architecture, but like I'll go into a house and I'm just like, who the fuck, why is this person even an architect? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like like, (laughs) there's so much wasted space here. (laughs) Don't even get me started on my girl's house. Like whoever that architect (laughs) is needs to get shot. It, it's ridiculous.
2: Put a toilet right next to the stove. <laughs> <laughs> it was only that <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, I mean I see that all the time because I I always say there's always, like being a filmmaker, you're you're kind of like two people. There's the creator and then there's you personally. Like the spectator. And then I could. Yeah. Yeah, and I could watch a movie and I could be like, man, like that was a really well-made film mm-hmm. and great stuff all around, but I absolutely despise. How this happened? Yeah. Uh, a good example: Boz Luhrmann's *Elvis*. Beautiful mm. movie. I have not fantastic seen it yet. Direction. Okay. No, oh, definitely go it. watch it. That's a, that's one of the greater biopics that I've seen in recent times. Okay. Nice. But Boz Luhrmann, as a director, has this signature with mixing scores that are very out of place. And like in his old work, you've had like *Romeo and Juliet* speaking old English, but they're in modern times, or you'll have hip hop in a rock setting or vice versa and in the Elvis movie there's a little bit of that mixture and for me personally I absolutely despise it mm-hmm. it takes me out of the movie and I don't <laughs> agree with that <laughs> aesthetic choice but then again that's just me as the spectator from a technical aspect it it does work and he mixes it in there fine and it's not something that would be like you know that's an unprofessional movie mm-hmm. Boz Luhrmann's of well-established director, but in terms of his artistic vision, I don't tend to agree with him, mm. but I could at least I could recognize. Like, I could yeah, at least know, appreciate it, it movie. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I do have a question uh, for you, uh, just mm-hmm. to want to do another quick shout-out. Parker Woodley, first time we we're checking out the podcast, what's up, how you doing? Um, so, how, since you're doing, a sh- you know, shorts as opposed, to, as opposed to, like, big feature films, how does it work in, te- in terms of, like, getting a, a crew together and the actors and, like, the budget? Like, how does that work? Like, is it, like, people you know, or is it people who are, like, aspiring, like, you know, to be movie professionals such as yourself? Like, where, where do you, does that come into play? How, do you, how does
0: that work? I mean, when it comes to gathering, like, the team, it's mm-hmm. it's another tool in the director's arsenal, too. Who you put on your team is definitely going to affect the product. I have uh, yeah. some of my go-to people that I know right away that they're exactly who I want to put in their positions and everything. But then it comes to, like, casting and stuff, and then we have to, well, my producers will figure out what the budget will be do we have any budget at all where is this going to go like my most recent project that's going to release on august 5th on that one my producers we were able to put together three thousand dollars and then we're like we have two nights to film this because the third day after some people weren't available and i was going to fly out to the uk so I wasn't able like it was this or nothing. So it was like, Okay, yeah. <laughs> gotta bring that together, gotta call up and gotta call in favors. They'd be like, Hey, look, we're super shoestring. Would you wanna do this? What could I give you in return? And it's just a lot of those conversations saying like, Hey, I could give you a couple hundred and then what do you want? Like, you want I make sure you get a really nice close up for your actor's reel, or like vice versa. Like I'll find you another job. Like I'll, mm-hmm. okay, and we cool, just cool. kind of springboard off of each other. And then if there's no budget, it's just that same conversation, just without the money. Is like, what can I give yeah. you? Yeah. How can I compensate you?
1: It's interesting that you can, <laughs> can offer you do me a solid. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you can offer like, like. Uh, like a close up for an actor reel, like it's like i never thought of that before like that they would like it's almost like that makes so much like sense. like for that. me because like i'm 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 applying what you're saying to what i know in my field and that would be the same mm-hmm. as like using a project that i worked on in a firm in my portfolio right and it's yeah. like so even whether i worked a short time or a long time it's just like hey can i use this in my portfolio so I can show my work, like, what, I, what I'm capable of. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, it's the actor's reel is the, is the portfolio for the actor. And, like, okay, now I can use some of this and some of that and show my chops. Um, that's very interesting. I wanted to ask you, um, what are your favorite, okay, favorite movies, favorite genres, and, like, your go-to directors?
0: Very deep Yeah, topics. what are your
1: inspirations?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> very deep topics.
2: Also, to make it more complicated, <laughs> do you have any <laughs> do you have any inspiration from outside of movies at all? Like uh, video games or anything like that that also you feel like this is something I feel like can be adapted or something into, you know, making movies, whether it be oh, a book yeah. or a video game all the time. Uh, anything.
0: Yeah, all right. So let's say let's start with uh, favorite movies. Let's see. Favorite movies goes back to old old movies that I started in my when I was doing my research things to to kind of figure out where did cinema come from and it goes into uh, the genre of film noir. I love film noirs. they're just you know some streetwise guy or someone just very innocent gets duped by this gorgeous femme fatale Mm -hmm. that straight up just is a black widow swipes him up uses him and spits him out to the streets And those stories had such grit and, like, real drama that it was very raw that you don't see often these days. Or if you do, it's just very rare. Uh, Certain movies, like, you go back to even, I mean, I wouldn't consider this a noir, but like Dark Subject, uh, Hitchcock's Strangers on a Mm -hmm. Train where these guys decide that they're unhappy with their wives and they're gonna exchange murders and he's like I'll murder yours if you murder mine (laughs) and like it's just and it all happens at random on a combo (laughs) and a train yeah dark subject matter like that the the stuff that people are afraid to to talk about then and that kind of has like a general theme there's a an old movie called Laura that's also from Hitchcock a lot of Billy Wilder's work is he's another old director that I love uh, Sunset Boulevard Some like it hot with Marilyn Monroe mm. uh, there's so many classic things but it com- when it comes to genre and those things there's always the dark stuff when it comes to Definitely
1: the, the, the saw the Mon- that in your shorts <laughs> that's why <what> I'm asking <laughs> yeah I was like it's <laughs> a lot of where
0: my uh, my cinematography yeah. comes from I you know since I started studying traditional cinematography and a lot of those a lot of the things that are so common in today's thing, like my cell phone could shoot widescreen, yeah. shoot 16 by 9, if I just turn yep. it sideways. Back then, that was only available through an anamorphic lens, because everything filmed 4 to 3, and it filmed on film, and you couldn't see what you filmed until you developed it chemically mm-hmm. the next day and watched the dailies. So some guy <laughs> was like, "Hey, I measured the shot, I measured the light, I think I got it in focus." They would roll it physically. And then send that reel off, and the next day I'd be like, oh man, I messed up. <laughs> Let's do it again. And then, like, you never really knew what you got, and it was just a lot more. Wow, that's crazy. To see a movie put together with so yeah. much precision, I, I love funny. those some kind of things. Technology some is people, so crazy. Yeah, some
2: people would say it's like putting together a podcast that's been having multiple <laughs> issues on the day you're trying to record, <laughs> and then at the end of it, you're just hoping that it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, at this point,
0: um, we'll find out tomorrow if it recorded anything yeah. at all. We're, yeah, just right. talking. <laughs> we're just we're just having we're a good recording conversation and everything i'm going to have to call you back like <laughs> can you just repeat the entire podcast just say everything you said <laughs> the
2: way you said it
1: <laughs> um okay what are your thoughts on the current state of movies S- especially like the superhero genre that's pretty much taken over hollywood like what what are
0: your thoughts on that? Ooh, okay. I well, I feel that the market of movies, there's a there's kind of a war going on right now. There's old Hollywood and then there's the indie mm. circuit. Even like 10 years ago when I got my little 5D Mark II, that was the wave of like if you were you were either Hollywood or you're there using the 5D Mark II trying to make a movie and like the quality compared to Hollywood just kind of wasn't there. So indie artists were really struggling or they were still trying to like you know sell their houses to get budget to film and then crazy stuff and then these days there's people making movies on their cell mm-hmm. phone and then they could do all kinds of amazing things on their on their phone yeah no what I was saying before is that there's kind of a war happening with old Hollywood and indie filmmakers and the thing is that there's such a voice now for everybody that things are kind of saturated and it's a beautiful thing that everyone could make their movie. Everyone has now new ways to tell their stories, which is fantastic. Kind of like but how I...
1: everyone has a podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> this is have, like the most yeah. meta episode we have ever
0: We're just done breaking the fourth wall every five seconds. <laughs> All we do is break the fourth wall no yeah the the war of old hollywood versus indie hollywood so like now old hollywood a lot of the times they were gatekeeping from the indie Mm -hmm. filmmakers what was going on you know they're like either you kind of have this no budget film and you're kind of struggling and selling all your things to get it there and you hear all these crazy stories about someone trying to make it and then some big hollywood uh, executive at a film festival offers them a distribution deal and then they made it Mm -hmm. and then now these days we're like you know what I don't need that big Hollywood guy to come and get money off of my work. Now there's self distribution and all kinds of stuff, so people oh, yeah. are doing their own thing. So Hollywood without YouTube kind of gave yeah, the YouTube, power to the creators. All kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah,
2: I love watching mm-hmm. shorts on YouTube, man. I've been doing it for a and couple years. And there's quality
0: things out there. There's, yeah. there's great stuff. I love some really of the is. anime
1: shorts because, god damn, they they're they're so much better than the shit that Netflix makes. Like it's ridiculous, <laughs> and their CGs yeah. better. I'm a big horror <laughs> yeah. shorts guy. Because you know yeah. what's in there? There's passion. So like, what Chris? There's yeah.
0: passion. Whereas the studio, yeah. the only thing the studio has power-wise is they have money, so oh, they yeah. can pay someone to just do what they want. They be like, hey, we have uh, you know, study shows that this anime style works, and or you know, uh, Ryan Gosling is mm-hmm. really popular <clears throat> right now on the points. Like, let's put him in this movie. Who cares if he fits the role or not? Let's get yep. him a paycheck and put him in. And then comes the superhero stuff. Superheroes sell, whether it's a flop or not. Mm-hmm. You you have uh, even look at Marvel's uh, <laughs> Eternals when it came oh, out. Oh, that was garbage. I liked it. I made sure not to watch it. it. <laughs> I thought it was different. See? But you see, they broke the mold. With uh... they tried, they went out of a Marvel formula, mm-hmm. and they took a risk, oh, and, and they went a that. little more on the <laughs> artsy side. And they kind of wanted, to like, oh, let's see what these characters are doing and. Etc. Oh, Etc. Et but when you go those routes now, your demographic—you you, you know—you go to a Marvel movie. I want to see heroes, explosions, cool stuff, and kind of like <clears throat> just see where that story goes and who they interact with. And in Eternals, it's just a lot of personal issues, which is cool to touch upon. But the action didn't really come in until the end. It wasn't of the, movie, the and It wasn't about the action for me because, mm-hmm.
1: like, uh, like I think at, at this point, the three of us are past our like, ooh, ah, for action, Mm -hmm. and like... I I was never there. Sure. Um, For me, (laughs) at some point, like, that's what (laughs) I I wanted to see some, like, cool fucking shit happen, right? And now it's kind of just like, I want the story. And with with Eternals, I feel like even then, the story kind of was flat. Uh, Like, the characters were some of them... uh, you got you got to see where almost kind of like there were like the pharaohs because they had the technology and like they were Mesopotamia and all that stuff which was it's an interesting concept right they're like the Anunnaki which is like a, a conspiracy theory of like these aliens that came and helped build civilization and stuff like that which is very interesting but the way they did it was I don't know it just kind of fell flat um yeah, I don't know I but that was way. me.
0: It feels flat, though.
1: I didn't
3: like where Eternals fit in the MCU timeline. I just felt like it was so weird that we didn't hear for them, like, ever. <laughs> They've just
0: been there the whole <laughs> they're time. just hidden,
3: <laughs> gone, just like, Thanos killing everybody. Eternals are just chilling in the cut, like, yeah. you know, doing nothing. Now, see, I liked
0: like the movie, oh. but I did not like the casting of the movie. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what made it feel flat. Like why did um, Angelina Jolie have to play that one character? What made Angelina Jolie fit that role? Why did they cast her? And the real reason that I think they it's cast the her name. is because it's the name. Yeah, yeah. And then that, mm-hmm. you know, when there's no chemistry, the story's going to feel flat because mm-hmm. now you're just following emptiness. You know, there's no... Yeah. It, it kind of waters down things because they definitely tried to go a different artistic direction. They tried to just, you know, this whole big thing and it's like disco said oh they were in the background the whole time and why haven't they gotten involved and then you just have casting that doesn't land with people it just didn't I mean that, I that feel group like they didn't feel real they did a
1: different artistic directions when they had like their f- like phase 1 and then when they did phase 2 with and they did like Guardians of the Galaxy like that was something different from what they had done before and Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was a phenomenal movie Uh, both Mm. cast story like everything about that movie was so much fun and so good and then we get guardians of galaxy 2 and then it's just like for me personally it was like it was garbage like i was just like this movie what the fuck happened um (laughs) no it was taika waititi also same director just i don't know for me like that opening scene kind of ruined it for me which is like we're gonna it wasn't Taika. It was, uh, what's um, his name? Um, from, oh, Justin from, uh, Oh, Peacemaker. Oh, right. Peacemaker. Um, oh, sorry. John Cena? <laughs> uh, him. the director. No, 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 the director. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> John Cena directed it. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> I'm the one you, who fucking remembered. <laughs> um, uh, that opening scene for the, the, the second movie was just like, hey, we want to sell baby Groot toys. And it was just yeah, like super Marvel fucking Marvel obvious. And I'm just like... Ugh just like Cash come grab. on man like i was just like whatever um but let's yeah, move it, on it's
0: very yeah oh good no no
1: i was just gonna say let's just move on from marvel um mm-hmm. I, I do have
2: another question since you mentioned uh film festivals and stuff like get that on. uh how how is because you won international stuff and you said that you don't need obviously you don't need the big uh, hollywood productions or anything like that how how do you get into that like how do you qualify for these productions like for these festivals i mean like how does how does that work? Do you just submit stuff and you hope for the best? Like, what's what's the deal so When there? it
0: comes to submitting to film festivals, it's just a matter of uh, a lot of times what you're supposed to do is you have your concept and you're like, okay, we're going to set out to make this movie. And it's just like what a studio would do is like, who's the audience? What do we want to hit? And then you would do that on the indie circuit with your festivals. You're like, what kind of festivals do we want to hit? Like, my stuff, since uh, for me, I could t- I like all stories and all genres, but horror... As much as I love the genre, it's also a cheap medium for making mm-hmm. films because it's the art of taking things away to to make stuff what it is, and that, at the end of the day, becomes cheaper. So when I look at those things, I was like, okay, so who would want to see this? And I wouldn't submit it to, uh, like, the Children of Film Film Festival. <laughs> that, that they're kind of coming no, together, family-friendly things, because yeah. if they accept it, I'd be very surprised. <laughs> but it, it just wouldn't be the kind of right thing to do to a submission fee at. But then you look at uh, give yeah, some of the ones that I go to. <laughs> I like to go to the different things, and you read the descriptions on a site called Film Freeway. And it just has a bunch of festivals that is like, hey, our submissions are open. These are the fees. These are the categories. This is what we're about. And when it came to stuff like the Indo-French, I saw that they were just kind of looking for more films that were done during like the pandemic. And like people that are still kind of with all the, the odds stacked against them making content. So I was like, okay, so there's a place where this could sit, because a lot of my stuff was missing things due to either, you know, pandemic, or lack of budget, or people thereof, and yeah. there's a it's a fun story to tell with when it comes to, like, uh, Portrait of the Puppet was literally just myself, the actor, and my friend, mm-hmm. and that was the crew. Yeah. Everyth- yeah. The, there was no sound op, there was no lighting person, I was directing NDP, I also edited it, I color graded it, mm-hmm. and then... It, it becomes a whole thing and those festivals kind of love to to hear those stories and it's like alright let's see what you did when when the pressure yeah, came yeah. to and what you put out there and then that's that's essentially where it goes each festival is different but you just gotta have to look into what it, it is and then winnings just they vary a lot sometimes you win money sometimes you get a trophy sometimes you get a like good job, pal, and they move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get nothing else. Like, A little shout-out. Yeah, good stuff job, like that. Good job, bro. <laughs> I mean, but that's got to help
2: where, like, going forward, you're like, yeah, look, yeah, what, I yeah. did <laughs> this. Like, you'd be like, I, what, regardless of what that the game is, oh, yeah, no, like, this is yeah. what I did.
0: Yeah, it's always appreciated. Like, honestly, any of the awards and accolades that I've gotten, uh, they're all an honor to me. You know, some people, I've seen other filmmakers that they're like, oh, like, you know, anyone could go to an online film festival or anyone could go here, and they kind of, like, look down upon that they're like I've won 20 awards yeah. so whatever bro and I'm like it's something someone looked at it and said this wins this is cooler than the other thing yeah. that I saw and I think that you deserve something and yeah. then that's it's it's a triumph whether there was a low-budget film or high-budget or whatever all those things are, yeah. are honorable to carry on uh, carry on your sleeve proudly 100 percent Yeah,
3: absolutely. heck yeah they chose yeah. you man that's what's yeah. up
2: well that's the thing if so many people could go and submit you beat exactly. all of those people. Yeah. Like that's the way yeah. I see it. It's like a bunch of people went in there and you still came out. Yeah. And
0: there's great competition you know? in there. Sometimes I look at them like, wow. I remember the first festival I ever went to. Yeah, I started off. Uh, my first big project was a fan film of uh, Mortal Kombat. It was the first time I actually had a crew nice. and everything, and uh, I got to work with Daniel Passino, who was in the original games, and he's a good friend of mine. He was such a good sport. He got to be in the movie. And we did it for specifically a Mortal Kombat action film festival. And some of the competition, I got to go to New York and uh, the AMC on 35th and watch the film there. And then they were showing the competition. One of them was a YouTube fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Had 2 million views on it. Mm -hmm. And then another one, uh, some guy had some crazy production design and he made like a parody Mortal Kombat thing. Like this really creative spins. And I was like, here's my little... Film thing that I did and I was like, "Hey guys, look at me!" And then, I mean, but we actually won best fan Nice, that's and great. It was, yeah. dude. Yours was good. I just, awesome. I just got a chance to watch yours today,
2: actually. Uh, the the Mortal Kombat one, and I loved the nods to like the original movie and to the video games. Like once I saw Sonya do the flip and she got Kano's neck, I was like, "She's gonna snap the neck. She's gonna snap his neck with
0: the, with her legs." I'm like, "They're gonna do it."
2: It was it was cool, man. It was like a lot of nods to Mortal Kombat, and
0: I was I uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Man, you, you went deep because yeah, that was already... That was 2014, I believe, and then we went into 2015 to into the festival. Dude, I,
2: I I saw a couple things. I saw the ones that I'm talking about. I watched Misdirection, which I loved because it was just like... It was horror without horror. It was just a real-life situation, yeah. and I thought that was amazing. I was like, how often do you just see... It's just a mugging, literally, and it's like... But you went in there, and you made a whole like thing about it. I love that. I went back on your YouTube. I saw the... What was it, the face upstairs, the creepypasta yeah. thing? I watched that. And I was like, "That's creepy <laughs> as hell." And I was like, "Dude, you legit did a creepy
1: puzzle. That's awesome."
2: It's like I, I've been—I was watching a couple of your things, man. I've been watching. Yeah. For so a few, if you—if you
0: appreciate that a
1: lot, yeah, I was just about to say, alley. if you don't know already, Dan's a <laughs> yeah. fan of horror. It's like one of his favorite genres. Yes. Yeah, so, Big time. Um, you and yeah. listen, man. Uh, like, it, uh, we're, we're keeping it real with you, like hundred percent. I I did I did enjoy your your shorts a lot. Um, before before i wanted yeah. i do want to deep dive into like the two shorts that i saw for a little bit but before we get into that i just i just gotta ask man what did you think of the batman
0: like, oh, the batman <laughs> like I, gorgeous like i just, I I just gotta know own, i own the lenses that they had that they use on there. Oh, they, damn. The, the cinematographer what? yeah What? The actual lenses they used? Not all throughout the whole film, but there's a lot of, like, in the car chase scene and a couple close-ups, there was a lot of vintage glass on that movie that was from Russia. And uh, this company called Iron Glass, they modify these lenses to be used for modern Mm -hmm. cinema. And the DP on that movie had a special deal where they were unveiling, like, a new prototype for those old lenses being modded, and he used them, and I actually have some of those lenses there and they and I have the orange coating and everything. Oh, that's awesome that like, could get that look of the Batman. Oh. <laughs> when I was seeing that such a great film. Okay. I think Pattinson nailed it yeah, as sick. a Batman. I yeah. thought You you passed. Oh, you're good you, you, could pass. <laughs> you passed No, <the> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of the best Batman movies that I've seen. And what's great is that Absolutely. he wasn't even necessarily really Batman yet. Yeah. Like he's becoming my man,
1: Batman. My man knows his shit. <laughs> That's why oh, you yeah, award-winning, yeah. bro. It. You know your shit. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, we're going to give him the LWG G- Award, the, the first <laughs> ever.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cinematographer of the year. Yep, the LWG. There it dog- is. Like like I get the award. I didn't even what work on What movie did you submit? Film. He I'm was like, on yup, the podcast. Totally
1: on <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw um, it the podcast. All right. Now that you've answered that and you passed, um, let's jump into your shorts. Portrait of a Puppet. Mm-hmm. so in it the 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 story of the movie um uh, go, go check it on youtube it's under um your uh what is it uh the dark minds production dark mind productions youtube yep, yep. go check it out we'll have a link below
2: i'm gonna put that in the chat yeah I gotta yeah be put it in minutes.
1: the chat we'll put it in our <laughs> description for youtube uh, when we put up this episode and uh dan just to let you know your mic went on mute again so when you come back you're gonna need to you know do your thing but um for the movie you had a in like one scene you had a lot of like cuts and like um and like camera angles did you have multiple cameras to do that or were you filming with a single camera and you just had to reshoot that same scene
0: over and over from the different angles it's over and over i always shoot uh single okay. cam if i can i try to avoid multicam setups because they they're it it comes down to preference mm-hmm. but with for me it's just in my workflow because since i'm always lacking crew normally you don't have a uh, if you're a director, you're not necessarily the D P and vice versa, if you're the D P you're not the director. You're just in charge of your departments. Okay. Sometimes you could meld the two, like Zack Snyder did it on his Zombie movie. Mm-hmm. But even then he was director mm-hmm. of photography, so he was in charge of the lighting and exposure and stuff like that. But he still had a cam op so he could be a director. Mm-hmm. I'm always writing solo, so I go with the one cam so I don't have to overload my yeah. mind and I just know I try to see the edit before I get out mm-hmm. there. Or if I'm in a situation where something adjusts, it would be like, how would I edit this? And then I get those angles to do what I want to do. And it's just a matter of going through over and over again to get the right amount of stuff. Okay. And, like, how how how
1: much... So, so Portrait of a Puppet was around 15 minutes, 20 seconds, uh, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how much did you actually film... And then edit down um, if you remember, I'm just curious
0: oh boy, as to like that happened almost over the course of a, a year in terms of the editing. oh wow, that movie what had hap- the whole story behind how that movie came to be was I had uh one actress I was working with, and I had an entire script written out for her that involved the mm-hmm. puppet, and it was a completely different plot, and we got through about half of the movie. And then she had to drop out, and she couldn't do it mm-hmm. anymore. And I was like, now I have half a movie. Yeah. And uh, she's actually at the end of the film in the snow. Oh, that makes sense. Mm, okay, And okay. that that's, was from the first time from the that's first screen.
1: That's smart. That's yeah, smart. just like showing. Oh, okay. We'll We'll get into why that
0: is. But, okay, go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, so I had to go back. Yeah, and one of my uh, one of my pals had come to me, the the lead actor, his name is uh, Al James. And, you know, he was telling me how he wanted to kind of challenge some acting stuff. So I was like, you know, I just had this situation with this actress and, you know, she couldn't do this no more, but I have this footage. What if I built a story that I could use that, but then have you be the lead and let's redo this and make something purposeful mm-hmm. out of it? And I was like, what kind of character do you want to play? What I want to hit... I want to talk about artists in general the kind of the dark side of artists and what they go through how someone could be manipulated mm-hmm. very easily just by somebody promising something that sounds you know good whether it be something as simple as even mm-hmm. friendship it, it could be you know sometimes when people aren't thinking clearly you kind of do stupid things 100%. and he was like you know yeah he's like I could I could get into that and we started developing the character of uh, Robbie And then we just kind of went out there and started shooting. And I was like, all right, it's just us. Let's have fun with it. And started, you know, keeping to that kind of theme. And I was like, so I just kind of directed him. And I was like, you know, this is going to happen here. and made a whole new plot out of what was going to go down with this puppet. And he became a whole different character. And then I ended up voicing him on top of that because I couldn't get an actor to voice the puppet. (laughs) And it was just a whole... It just kept snowballing and snowballing, <laughs> and then uh, it was just a lot of trial and error, kind of. But as long as that theme was in there, I was like, okay, I have all this random footage with scenes that I wanted to happen. How could I make them say the statement that I want to say? And it ended up becoming what it was. But it was months of editing, wow. lots and lots of things going back and forth. I can only imagine. On, a, on
2: an average, on an average, like <laughs> misdirection. I'm assuming. You, did you have any issues with that one, or was that like a straightforward? Like you shot it and edited it, and, like. I'm just curious, like, on a regular, without all the stuff going wrong, like, how long would that take you, like, the whole process?
0: Misdirection took a couple months in the editing just for the sake of, again, I was doing all the the stuff until I handed it off to Sound Design and Score. Uh, Misdirection was a pandemic film. That was something where the same thing, my friends got together and were like, man, we miss making movies because, like, we're Mm -hmm. stuck inside. And they came to my apartment complex we spoke about it. We were walking around at night, and we spoke about, like, you know, we could something like this. We could do that. You want to come back tomorrow and just film? Yeah. All right. Cool. And it just became <laughs> nice. a total on-the-fly thing. I feel like that was us yeah, back then, in high uh... school.
2: Right? That, that's the type of stuff we, we <laughs> yeah, would do. Like, hey, let's best. just do something.
0: <laughs> um,
1: also, we have a, we have an LWG film inspiration. that if you want to <laughs> check out that we did back that's in high true. school. I would love to. Uh, it's called Guns <laughs> N' <and> Roses. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um well, i was a masterpiece i was director <laughs> you, you and could then learn uh, a couple disco things. and then starred in the movie i was also editor yeah. um but you know i'm you know it is what it is you know how you know how we do um <laughs> has one of the greatest um zoom out shots in yeah. cinematic history yeah. in this
2: film also an earthquake so shot
0: that is phenomenal <laughs> yeah, we as well shot. yeah yeah, yeah. This could but, be uh, the next winner of cans. Like, it could yeah, be Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you guys yeah. want to check cans it out in, on Twitch, you
1: know um, <laughs> go check it out. Uh, the YouTube channel is called Kamiu5000, uh, K-A-M-I-U5000. 5000, K-A-M-I-U 5000. Go check that out.
2: Because um, somebody spelled Guns and Roses wrong.
1: Um, I did that on purpose, by the way. <laughs> Just just saying. Just saying. Because um, I didn't want to get taken down for copyright infringement. So I, I added yeah, an extra. Yeah. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Axl Rose and Slash. We're going to go on. Wait a second. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they go after the
0: little guys, man. They don't go after the big guys. They're like – because. They're watching the podcast right now. They're like, he got us. <laughs> We've been yeah. waiting for them to admit it. Yeah. We've been waiting for them to admit it all these years. <laughs> Let's um, see those motherfuckers. <laughs> all right. A Portrait
1: of a Puppet. Um, really cool story where there was magic and a witch involved. Um, a curse. And um, also with um, Window to My Soul also had spirit spirits and like there was – the the presence of the supernatural in both right which was really cool um uh with mass uh, with the portrait of a puppet um you know robbie the main uh, actor the lead is finds this box there's a puppet inside the puppet starts talking to him robbie's like whoa what the fuck um mm. but then he's like he's i felt like he was so cuz he got along with that puppet real quick i was like dude what the that's a fucking talking puppet like have you not seen chucky <laughs> you know but f- but struggling artist dude exactly like know. struggling artist very lonely in the pandemic hasn't seen anybody in like 2 years you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah dude's like fuck it i need a friend and then i as soon as like the puppet was like you can help me lift the curse i was like this motherfucker is gonna Just trick him. him he's gonna double cross him this a <laughs> bitch robbie's real nice he ain't got no hands don't trust him <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so <clears throat> robbie ends up genre uh, he tells him like the story of the witch and the curse he then you have to uh he tells robbie's like if you draw a portrait of me and show me that portrait the curse will lift and he does that and what ends up happening is robbie and uh the puppet switch places so the spirit or the soul in the puppet takes over robbie's body and robbie's soul gets stuck into the puppet and now robbie's like oh shit what happened and then now that you say the um now that you've told us like a little behind the scenes of you, you had filmed another film halfway through with the, with the actress and the ending, I was just like, Oh, this is great because like the box shows up out of nowhere. She picks it up. I was like, Oh, it's about to happen again. I was like, Robbie got sick, sick and tired of being the puppet. And unfortunately to get out, he's going to have to do the same thing to someone else. And, um, I was just like really cool concept. Um, uh, it, it was it was a fun short film, man. Like, it was uh, – yeah. um, anybody else have something to say?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to say I want to give a shout-out to – what was his name? Al James, you said? Yeah, Al James. Al James. Because, um, like I said, I saw him in Misdirection where he's doing the mugging thing, and he's, like, serious, just, like, stoic. And then in this one where he's, like – you see him be the, the sad mm-hmm. and lonely Robbie where he's, like, he's scared. What the fuck's wrong with his puppet? And then he trusts the puppet. And then to have him switch around and is like, now he's the – what was it? Mendax character, I believe it was? Yep. Where he was just like, and then you see him turn it on. It's just like you, he's just like, you know, I'm sorry, but I did what I had to do. You'll figure it out. And then hearing him be, what was probably the saddest puppet I've ever oh, heard yeah. in my life, dude. I felt that <laughs> I tear like, when like, Rocky dude, was voicing it. it. Yeah. That <laughs> tear on the, tear? the puppet. I, was like, dude, I felt that
1: did. when he was voicing it. I was like, god damn. Um, <clears throat> uh, I want to jump into uh, Window to My Soul real quick. Cause, that one was okay. really cool. Also, um, it reminded me of Tracee on the uh, on Netflix. I don't know if you saw it. It's an animated movie, but it's this. It's oh, it's, it's a, not animated movie. Animated show. But it's this. It's uh. It's it's a lot to do with like Mexican like lore of like monsters and like ghosts and apparitions and stuff. So you have this this female who can speak to ghosts, and uh, I love the the way you decided to portray the ghost because it reminded me of the film ghost when 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 those black um entities came out and took that guy who died yeah and that reminded me very much of it uh of the way the apparition is and then you had like that that other entity from the other dimension like finally able to connect and the way she was shown um phenomenal uh really loved that too uh like, again, just like dark horror, mystery, uh, leaves a lot of questions unanswered on purpose, but enough just to make you just keep thinking about it for a little bit. You're like, what if this, what if that? And it's just like, it was very, very enjoyable, both of them for me. Um
3: I enjoy it. Oh,
1: thank yeah. you, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's... Uh,
3: I just want to mention, um... I want to know like a little more into the creation of dark mind productions, like the inspiration behind the name. And then also like the, the background labor that went into that, like, and and also that's where other people can reach you at to like hire you. And, and so just, I just want to know yeah, more. Sorry. About oh, oh, yeah, dark so so like mind before you get into that, with... I just
1: want to shout out the artist, um who you had do the artwork that showed the story of the witch and the, and the artist and, um, and Portrait of the Puppet really cool I like I like that how yeah. that was done a lot that was fun yeah. I always oh, enjoy yeah, that was, when, when mediums are mixed when they bring in a little bit of animation or art like uh, yeah. comic stuff you know but yeah sorry go ahead
0: yeah no those were uh, those were <laughs> real paintings that, uh, that she did. she's an artist based in London and she actually sent me the oh, physical wow. copies I was able That's to scan awesome. and uh, the witch that she painted is one of my uh, best friends Catherine who I went to high school with <laughs> and this girl, you you know cat yeah that cat, yeah. so oh, yeah i, that cat? I was yeah, like yeah. hey would you mind That's if awesome. i just kinda <laughs> use you as a reference to be a witch and she's like uh... sure <laughs> so is this I what you this think to of the artist? <laughs> <laughs> and i was like hey you're gonna steal someone's like soul That's and she's funny. like right, fuck cool let's she's just not? totally down the clown <clears throat> but no yeah those were physical paintings that they were watercolor paintings them? that the artist did and she sent them yeah I have them in my case oh no it's cool I
1: like yeah it's just it's cool you still have them those they'll be collectors items (laughs) no yeah I gave
0: her her likeness one no yeah I have uh, all of them there and then I was drawn as like the the original Mendex painter oh yeah I saw that I caught that in watercolor format The, the, the beard, yeah. Yeah, but no, that was, uh, I always liked those old mm-hmm. art and stuff like that, all paintings and different classical music, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. You could find inspiration anywhere, and I like to incorporate those different mediums. It doesn't only have to be, cinema is yeah. very subjective, so it's like, a lot of people tend to think, it's like, what makes this cinematic, and they're thinking mm-hmm. by movies, and it was like, well, what mm-hmm. about other things that are considered art, and how can you put that in a movie? And I feel like that kind of gives you this. That no, 100%. To me. Absolutely. I'm hmm. sorry. Uh, I cut you off before yeah, uh, uh, Dark Mind Productions. Uh, no, yeah. So yeah. the creation of Dark Mind Productions, it, right?
1: No, I thought I said it wrong. Yeah. No, I th- I thought I said yeah. Dark Mind yeah, that, Productions no, wrong. I that thought it was my something question. Else, but oh, again, oh, that, oh. Alzheimer's,
0: yeah. No, Sorry. no, yeah. You had it right. I was just like,
1: I'm <laughs> wrong. <all> good, <laughs> like, I said it wrong shit.
2: This man, <laughs> after he said the word, what the fuck did I just he,
3: say?
1: For like... real, bro. I was like, isn't it something else? <laughs> Which just that. <happened.
3: laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's Black Mind Productions. He just sent me oh, exit out. <laughs>
0: Twitter. No, yeah, the creation of uh, Dark Mind Productions, when I was starting out and I decided to be a serious filmmaker and everything, I was like, I gotta put myself out there and I wanted to start my production company. So I was like, yeah, I need a logo, I need this, and a couple names were tossed around. I was like, what sounds cool? What's marketable for the kind of things that I'll be making? Uh, I had silhouette pictures. I had the darkness movie things. I was like, that's not going Oh, that's fly. Jonathan. I was like, evil mind stuff. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> i uh, That was his nickname. No, yeah, I, I had all kinds of different things. And I was looking for a name that fit myself more than anything. And myself, I've always been a very cynical person, not in the sense of, like, a negative outlook. But I always look at, you know... Tens of darker material. My One of my favorite superheroes oh, is Spawn man. from the yes. 90s. Everyone else grew up on Superman, Batman. I was like, no, nah, my guy is Spawn. He's from hell. Yeah. And, like, and then here's like eight-year-old me talking about <laughs> Spawn. And then I always had those things. I, I love dark subject matter. I love dark <laughs> art. I love just dark mentality on things. It's just something that I find cool. And it's not, I'm not an evil person. It's just, that's, I like dark aesthetic and a lot of that I tend to really keep to myself it's fascinating But I was like you know a lot of that stuff inner darkness is in my mind and I was like what about Dark Mind Productions and then came the thing I was like that feels like me if I saw Dark Mind Productions you know a lot of people were like oh they're gonna think horror right away and I was like but under the surface it was like no it's Mm -hmm. just it's more so me Mm -hmm. and I know that that's mine that's my you know whatever movie it is that's a Dark Mind production I know that there's a lot of me in that movie in a sense, not physically, but like my, who I am, mm-hmm. goes into that movie. Yeah. In then the came uh, making the logo, and <laughs> was uh, when I was in high <laughs> school. I used to. One. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they came from uh, when I was not so badass in high school. I used to have the leather jacket with the skulls and nice. like, everything. And I, I still got them in the closet too, and they don't they don't get worn much these days. But I was very much like the emo kid, and uh, I used to spike my hair up and everything, like the whole nine. <laughs> And I was like, you know, <laughs> I face, I <laughs> we're here together. But I was like, all right, I'm going to put that in the logo somewhere. It's coming from my mind. It's got to be a face. can't be my face because that would just be weird if I had that, like my face smiling like Dark Mind Productions. I was like, what about a skull? <laughs> and just researching different skull designs and everything. I hired an artist. so I was like, hey, I know I want a skull there, and I want the letters on the side let's do some concepts and do it and we just kind of shot designs back and then Dark Mind Production logo nice. was born
2: yeah. it's a cool intro too with like mm-hmm. the lightning going off and <laughs> stuff like it's it's pretty badass oh, thank you
0: that comes from uh, the Very idea cool. of brainstorming <laughs> I took it nice. from Jimmy Neutron when Jimmy Neutron would go <laughs> that le- awesome. <laughs> it was going brain blasting to the little electron thing it was like yeah brainstorm a Dark Mind thing <laughs> for the lightning there you go anywhere
3: the inspiration can really come yeah, from anywhere anything. that's the
0: beauty of it
3: like it's 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 really just anything could just be like, you know what, <laughs> that goes. <laughs> um, another another thing I wanted to ask was, uh, what's one of the craziest stories you have, like filming or like something you think is crazy, or or there's a you lot know, of, out there. There's a
0: lot of things we'd have to do another. Podcast oh oh, my
1: friend, you are more than Sounds welcome so. to come back anytime. One hundred percent. Because this is fun as shit. Oh, so thank uh, you guys. We love movies. Yeah. We love talking <laughs> about movies. So. Maybe on our next rate and review, which is something that we do, we watch a movie, we rate it and review it. Uh, if you want to join us one week, um, we we usually pick foreign films um, and watch those. Um, so we'd love to have you on one of those episodes. That would be a lot of fun. That would be
2: great. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Somebody who actually knows what they're talking yeah. about.
0: Instead
1: of <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. I could give you some definitely. obscure movies, hey. too. Some, some also. Hey, man, fill cool those suggestions, uh, <laughs> give them to Disco, pass them along, and we'll definitely check them out, because um, we're always looking for new suggestions for foreign films, so. But
0: uh, as far as the craziest things in short form, I, I'll give you a couple things. I almost got hit by a train one time doing okay. a documentary. Okay. And, uh, Goddamn. <laughs> Went hard out the paint. That's one of the more subtle stories. <laughs> he's, he's doing one of those cartoon things where he's killed, tied bro. on this the fucking tracks. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was we were doing this documentary, and it was actually at the location where we were doing Portrait <laughs> of a Puppet on those train tracks. Okay. But this was was that in Jersey? Just thing? Yeah, yeah, it's in Jersey. That's right in. Uh, it's oh, in cool. Edison, in Roosevelt Park. Okay, okay. It's right nearby. But, yeah, so we were there. We weren't supposed to be there. There's a freight train parked on the tracks, and I was like, man, this train is (laughs) messing up my shot. I'll go in between the train, and I'll be able to do it. So I'm there with the tripod and the camera filming this guy talking, and I'm so tunnel vision on what I'm filming that I actually tuned him out. I was like, you know what you're saying. I just want to make sure that this is doing what it's supposed to be doing. The world fades out, and I'm doing my thing, and I see him going like this and yelling and, and like trying to get my attention. And I'm like, why aren't you saying what you're going to do? He's like, bro, move out the way. The train is going to hit you. And I'm like, <laughs> and I look to the side and I see the big train wheel, which is the size of my body. It's one of those like whole freight trains. And like in slow motion, it's just going <laughs> choo, choo, and the wheel starts turning. So I'm like, oh, it's going to move. And me not even thinking, because I was such in the zone, I just pick up the tripod and I step out. And as soon as I step out, that wheel just goes and flies by where I was standing. If I was there Damn. one second earlier, I would have gotten crushed like in uh, Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> the toon guy. Yeah. Like I, I would have got rolled over, steeled <laughs> hard, and just not gotten back up. That would have been That's the end crazy. of right then and there. Oh, wow. Damn, he was in the zone yeah. zone. He was just <laughs> like... I don't even stand, understand English. was right Trying now. to save I'm my life, and I'm like, bro, do your job. He said,
3: "I'll die for this shit, cuz. Oh my god!
0: Oh man, another scary thing uh, in one of my short films, Witness. We were at this reservoir on a, like a dreary day where nobody was really at that park, and I didn't know that the ranger. You know, sometimes the park rangers go hard. Because I thought park rangers, like, they just patrol the area. Sometimes you might catch them in a van. We were walking around with the monster puppet for my film. And we're on, like, the shoreline of this reservoir. And then we're like, yo, the waves are really taking, like, a lot of wind and water and everything. And a police chopper. Comes around and hovers over us, and l- like I'm looking up at the police, looking down at us with this giant stick monster. Probably <laughs> not supposed to be there at all. And we're just like, you know, maybe we should move. And they're just hovering there, like, like we see you, and they're like, I could tell they were in the cockpit of that helicopter, debating, like, do we really want to arrest this kid? Like, do we want to go down with the copter? And I'm there with my friend, and I was like, yo, these guys, like. They could have just sent someone and been like, bro, you can't film here, and I would have left. Like, why did you yeah. set the chopper out on me? Like, that's crazy. I
1: think they were, like... I think <laughs> yeah, someone called really in five a, a Bigfoot. Right? You the right? <laughs> and Grant the I think photo someone Patrick. just called in a Bigfoot sighting, so that's why they sent the copter. It was the monster you were yeah. carrying. I have a yeah, question. It,
0: I have one That question. was I, pretty terrifying. So we're just <laughs> like, we're going to leave. And we just started walk. As soon as we started walking towards the bridge to the exit, the copter just was like, okay. And it went back yeah. around the island and, like... I don't even know where it landed. I don't even know where they store <laughs> park ranger helicopters. But that was just editing, a, editing that point, was did the... Did you thing. think like it's underground this for the
2: shot? Like, we need this helicopter scene now because it's there? Did any part of you it. think that?
0: I debated That'd it, but so I was dope. like, I wonder how much of me they really see, because, like, they just see a couple guys and a weird monster puppet, and, like, that's not something you see in a park, so they probably yeah. thought I was, either, like, a Satanist, or somebody They're crazy, sacrifice and if I take this little metal object camera, yeah. yeah, and point it at them, and I was like, the yeah. last thing I need is for them yeah, to think oh, that I'm God. aiming a gun at them, and then they just open fire at me. Pull out a... F- but it did cross my mind. So that's about Damn, it. bro, you get the second time in my here. Like, got you got to be more careful. <laughs> like shit. I mean, not by choice. <laughs> just, he's just yeah working hard, man. Yeah, he's just, just trying, trying to trying do like a thing. simple <laughs> short film for YouTube, and they sent the police chopper on me. it was yeah, like, that was it's crazy. <laughs> like that was unnecessary. So,
1: um... <laughs> so yeah, let's wrap up, up this <laughs> um, this discussion by you had mentioned uh you have another short film coming out august 5th now i don't know if you want to say what it is or Mm -hmm. where it's coming out or whatever if you do you are more than welcome to uh we will post links whatever you need us to do um to spread the word about this new movie coming out and once it comes out you are again more than welcome to hop on again promote it talk about it and you know we'll do our thing um, but, yeah, so if you want to let us know what that movie is coming out on August 5th, uh, that's this year, right? <clears throat> so in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Perfect. Yep. This is so if you want to tell us about it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's called The Citrine Gaze. It's coming out at 11.30 p.m. in uh, yeah. Jersey time. Was it Eastern? Hey, Eastern. Eastern time. It's going to be on my uh, channel, okay, of Dark Mind Productions YouTube. And, then yeah, it's coming at 11.30 p.m. Right on the dot. It's already scheduled awesome. to premiere and everything.
2: I saw that when I was on your uh, channel. Earlier. So, as soon as I saw, it was like, oh man, I can't wait nah. for this shit. <clears throat> <laughs> all
0: right, that one—that was a nice—that was a nice one for us. that was the spike. Awesome, um,
1: yeah. So guys, go check out Dark Mind Productions YouTube channel. Um, go check out his uh, IMDb. He has a lot of uh, mentions in there. Go check out all his stuff. It's really fantastic and and fun watches. Um, if there's anything else you want to plug, like social media or anything, uh, please do. Again, we'll put it in the description in, the, in our YouTube video when this episode comes out on YouTube, which usually comes out on Mondays. Um, is there anything else you want to say?
0: I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Just uh, Dark Mind Productions, YouTube. I have the same thing, same handle on uh, Instagram, Mind Productions, LLC. You'll find the okay. logo with the skull there. Also on Facebook page. And then, yeah, shoot me a DM, ask me questions. I'm available to, to all
1: fantastic disco you want to go ahead with uh, yeah your i'll news? go
0: first um got
3: some tv show news um chucky season two uh is coming out i i'm shocked I, I didn't really thought that show was gonna flop uh they made it to a season two somehow um let's see that's a let's see where it goes um that's awesome chucky <laughs> uh, a lot of people
2: watched it i think but i mean it didn't look good but the hey, series people watch stuff yeah yeah, this, yeah. Uh,
3: the series mm. didn't it didn't catch my attention uh, in the slightest but it's news and uh you know chucky is coming back for season two the the original scary puppet <laughs> um Next up is uh, the Bear on Hulu is getting a season two after being out for like three weeks uh, or something like that. Uh, I actually saw that one and I did enjoy it. It's it's about a restaurant. It has Jeremy Allen White, who's Lip from Shameless. He uh, he stars in it and uh, it just brought me back to my restaurant days when I worked there. There's a lot of like drama and egos and you know just love for food. Uh, definitely check out that show, uh, especially since it's getting a season two. Um uh next up I want to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh this this happened last week but I failed to mention it uh but I, I, I need to say it because Yu-Gi-Oh took up so much of my childhood. <laughs> um the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh was found dead. Uh he was 60. They found him at sea. Apparently it was like a snorkeling accident or something. And they just found him uh washed up. Um, so it was a so sad news for me. You know, I've I played Yu-Gi-Oh die hard. I tried to get my girlfriend to play Yu-Gi-Oh, and I was like, <laughs> pretty much got everybody to play Yu-Gi-Oh around me and shit. But, uh, you know, nice. eventually I grew out of it. But, you know, it still hits home, the fact that he died, and, uh, you know. Yeah. I still play from time to time on my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I actually downloaded it on my Switch. There's, uh, like, a free Yu-Gi-Oh game. So I, I got to, yeah, yeah. you know, in his honor, I got to jump on that. Eric's been telling me to go on it, too. Mm. Um next up we have uh some entertainment news uh lamar odom is set to fight fake drake uh that's that's the thing celebrity fight uh (laughs) i feel like that's just so (laughs) silly uh what's a fake drake it's this dude that's been dressing up as drake so he's like an imitator drake and uh you know so i i guess they're both getting in their bag i don't know what Lamar. does lamar really need
1: that money uh,
3: yeah, isn't he married Probably. to like one of the Kardashians or some shit? Or, or I everybody's married None. to one of the Kardashians <laughs> nowadays, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I think Lamar uh, Odom has the reach. I don't know who this other person is, but I'm sure Lamar Odom has the reach. That's all. Yeah, I'm
3: Lamar saying. Odom's like 710 or some, exactly. shit he's he definitely got the reach. It's, and, it's uh, and apparently, giant. he's been in other celebrity fights too. I saw one where he knocked out Aaron Carter,
2: <laughs> yeah. That's the one where he was boxing Aaron Carter and Aaron Carter. Now, lamar odom's shorts were falling the entire fight one of the greatest <laughs> boxing matches i've ever seen in my life
3: <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening you know hopefully he <laughs> knocks out fake drake uh, i don't know i guess that's a spectacle uh, october 15th if y'all want to tune in <laughs> um next up here's uh, on a serious note uh, george foreman legendary boxer uh, has a lawsuit from two women Who claimed that he uh, sexually assaulted them in 1970s, and uh, both women are claiming for 12.5 million. You know, 12.5 million each. Uh, George Foreman says that it's all lies, and uh, he uh, uh, that never happened, and uh, he's sticking to it. And that's it's. uh, I feel like it's worthwhile news because it's always happening. You know, rich, powerful men always have these. people just trying to get money and uh i don't know if it's true or not but still like it's the fact that his name has it's to true, get dragged through it has to get dragged through it and and, and still uh you know, i mean if there's hey, evidence if, it's if, if, it's if there's real, evidence then... you know then all to all power to it but it's yeah. also uh, you know it you know i guess we will we'll, only time will tell but you know it's it's just uh, you know I could see a lot of people wanting it to do that just for the money, you know. But uh, yeah. who knows? Who knows? There's no, uh, you know, with uh, Bill Cosby coming out and all these other people coming out. So who who knows these days, really? But you know, it's it's. I feel like it's just something that powerful men have to deal with, and uh, uh, hopefully, sometimes it's not they, true. yeah, sometimes they, briefly well, you know. so, <laughs> they have to deal with it. Sometimes but it's <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. you know. So, but uh, you know, drag the George Foreman grill through the name, you know. Uh, and that that's it for my news. I guess it's us to close it.
2: <laughs> it's just us for now. Um, I guess Aslam got kicked out of New Jersey. I
3: guess too. you could do your wrestling news, man. As well.
2: Yeah. Well, for anybody who didn't hear, Aslam was saying that there is going to be a Hocus Pocus Part Two on Disney Plus. For anybody who was a fan of that back in the day, so there is Hocus Pocus Two. Keep an eye out for it. Um, goddamn Riverside. Also, <laughs> uh, <for> my news. <laughs> to uh, where I got my tabs? Where I got my tabs? So. Announced that they are going to be doing a new loyalty program for called PlayStation Stars, where you can get certain uh, points and rewards and stuff that could be used towards uh, purchases and other incentives for anybody who plays on. Put play- at some point later this year. Um, one of the things that they find that interesting is the fact that they're going to do um, uh, in, in. I think it's in local regions where if platinum trophy in a game you can get something that is only available to you like you it's a race to the platinum for certain games um myself platinum's over the years uh rudy who's listening to the podcast he plays a bunch of shitty game, shitty games just so he could get the platinum trophy <laughs> so i'm sure that's something he's gonna be interested in as well um henry is here and there so it's something that uh, i could definitely see some of us looking out at and uh you could win a prize for just simply logging in and playing a game on PlayStation once a month. I think we'll know the details as we progress. Um, That's all I have for gaming news. Platinum chasers. (laughs) Pretty much. That's, that's what they call us. Uh, So one quick thing I want to say, Sasha Banks, who I've talked about multiple times on the podcast. um, She is now taking bookings to uh, do stuff to do like meet and greets and like autograph signings and stuff like that uh she's now going by her real name mercedes vernado um so she's not at all a wwe employee it looks like anymore she's she's doing her own thing um not sure if she's going to continue with pro wrestling or not but she is a good wrestler i would like to see that she continue that um another story i have is it looks like aew is going to be doing a show in the uk within the next calendar year they have a huge market out there um the only other like major promotion in the u.s that can, that goes out there for stuff like that really is wwe so seeing AEW go out there and be like hey we can do it too can't wait to see that um jr was talking about it, i believe on his podcast um grilling with jr uh where they're just like hey it's coming um another one i want to mention is this past wednesday yesterday for us uh, recording live um we got new AEW World Tag Team Champions, Swerve in our glory. So Keith Lee and Swerve, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Mm, that's not his name anymore. It's his WWE name. Swerve? Isaiah? I don't know what his name is anymore. It's Swerve something. But um, <laughs> they're the tag team champions. And apparently there was a botch that fans caught. It was a three-way tag match. And only two guys could be in the ring at the same time where you could tag either your partner or somebody on an op- opposing team to tag out. And the guy who got pinned was never officially tagged in so they might be doing that for storyline purpose or they legit fucked up and now they're gonna have to figure something out because the fans caught it like hey that's not official um was
3: it like a like they didn't touch or like or just like they just forgot so
2: no no so there was three like i said there's three teams and then the guy who would the two legal quote unquote legal men one of them rolled out the ring and then one of the guys who was not legal came in the ring he continued the match. He tagged another guy in, but his tag was never official, hence because he was never legal. Oh, that guy got pinned. And then the other guys were like, look, we're champions now. But oh, the wow. guy who was legal was out of the match completely at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. it, like I said, this could be done for storyline purpose, or it could very well just be, hey, we made a mistake. But they could always work it into a storyline. That's when wrestling's at its best, where <laughs> you take something that happened and you work it and make it be like, no, this is what we're going to do now. We're going to use this and make it into – a story and make it interesting
3: (laughs) put them in the corner and just be like what can we make (laughs) yeah exactly
2: and the last bit of wrestling news i have which is very big for uh, WWE fans who are in our age bracket starting next week monday night raw is no longer going to be rated pg it is going back to being tv 14 last time it was tv 14 is when a lot of people in our age group were like man wrestling is cool then they switch to PG, and everyone's like, "Wrestling sucks." So the fact that they're doing this, I don't know what WWE's planning. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Monday Night Raw back at TV14. I want to see what they're gonna do. Um, so does
3: that give them more um, like opportunity? More like, is that can they do more stuff? Well, it's a rating,
2: uh, so now they're they don't have to be like, "Hey, this is 100% a kid show." Like back when they were doing the TV14 thing, that's when you had Degeneration X is thrown out. Chop stuff, you had Stone Cold drinking beer, throwing up the middle finger, see, people are cursing each other out, and that's when people, that's an era of wrestling that people adore. And
3: I just wasn't sure, I don't know, yeah. I don't know
2: the rating system,
3: so yeah, I just yeah, wasn't yeah. sure if they're restricting them more, or like, giving them more freedom.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's more freedom now.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh so, so that's awesome. So it's good news, it's great news. Yeah, so, awesome.
2: I mean, it is good news, I, th- I and I'm not surprised, because like, when they switched to, to PG from <laughs> 14, it's like, I felt like it was just like, they were trying to get kids and it's been there for so long. It's it, it kind of makes sense. Those kids have gotten older, so if they want to keep those same kids that they got on, they're <laughs> like, "Fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win them back."
3: You have to grow <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: So I think that's uh, that's pretty much what they're doing there. But um,
3: so so their like storylines could get a little raunchier now, or, or like something like that. They now, could. Or? We
2: could go back to having the the Kane um, Katie Vick storyline, which. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. If there's anybody who knows anything about the <laughs> Katie Vick storyline, I'm going to say it really quickly. Um, Triple H was feuding with Kane. Kane supposedly had his uh, ex-girlfriend that Triple H found out was actually just a dead body that Kane had had sex with at a funeral home.
3: That's wrestling. <laughs> oh, that's So that's what happens when you uh, let them go free. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. There's that.
2: There's the I choppy choppy your pee-pee storyline. There's a lot. There's a lot that happened.
3: that sounds so racist i don't even know dude it involves the yakuza
2: and a porn star with a katana it's a whole thing Ah, that Um, makes total sense yeah Tori wilson's father dying after he saw his daughter make out with his wife (laughs) it's a whole fucking thing wrestling was wild but tv 14 we get to have more stupid stories like this again that's nice (laughs) for listening to the los wise guys podcast um as always follow like subscribe rate and review and next week thank you